Hey everyone, welcome to Music and Things. My name is Pooja. My name is Angie. And today is a very special day because it is actually our last episode of season two. This might be a shock to the (laughs) listeners because Angie and I realized that we never really announced that (laughs) we were going to be ending soon, but um, yeah, here we are. (laughs) Yes, we are so excited and so happy for those who have stuck with us this whole time. I hope that you really enjoyed season two and all the wonderful guests that have come on here. Um, We're excited to go enjoy the summer. I hope Mm -hmm. you are too, a little bit you know, post lockdown in some of the places and we're just excited to go see some live music again. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We need the summer. We need a little break, yes. a little summer vacation. <laughs> and I think we ought to. But with that, we do have a special last episode planned for you. We have such a cool guest and such a cool topic. We are talking versatility this time. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Uh, we are going to be having Ariza. Uh, Juan is his real name, but his artist name is Ariza on today's episode. So Ariza does so many things. He is a producer, a composer, musical director, arranger, and guitarist. Uh, he's originally from Colombia, but currently located in LA. He has done so much. He's worked with Grammy Award winning musicians. He also releases his own music. You can find his music in a lot of places. He's even worked um, as a session player for artists like Julia Michaels, and he's done extra production for Dua Lipa as well. So he has a huge, huge catalog of music under him. And we are so excited to talk to him about versatility and really just dig deep into all the things he does, why he does it, and hopefully learn a lot in the process. Yeah. So without further ado, here we go. Our last episode of season two. Let's talk versatility with Risa. I know the consequences of it. I wonder if it's worth the risk. We are here with our guest, Ariza, uh, and we're going to talk versatility. How are you doing? Fabulous. 
Well, we love to hear it. This is a very special episode because it is our season finale with who better than you, Ariza. (laughs) So we're so excited. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, First things first, why do you create art? Because it's the only thing that kind of makes me feel a little better, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. It's like how how I cope and because I love it too. I love it. I love it a lot. And I feel like there's no other way that I could live life if it wasn't for art. I don't know what I would do. So I'm trying to find other things because <laughs> it shouldn't be that. That's not healthy. But I'm trying to fix it. Yeah. Well, I mean, how did you even get into music? Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, well, I um, I loved music growing up. It was really annoying because I always wanted to be the center of attention. Uh, being an only child, terrifying, terrible. Uh, no, but my parents were super sweet, and my 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 parents were always like playing music in the house. My dad is a an avid music lover and he has a great ear and my mom should have been a dancer. And she's also very artistic too in, in, in the things that she like draws and she used to decorate cakes. She had a pastry shop. So it was a very interesting kind of like uh, growing up around people that were so like avid to do what they were doing and uh, also just hearing all the music that my dad exposed me to Uh, everything from like Miles Davis to Led Zeppelin Pink Floyd Bach uh, just a little bit of everything you know not 80s 80s bops like 80s pop bops Yeah. Um, yeah and then also, well, I, I think I they had me do piano lessons from when I was four to seven years old. And then at seven, I was like, I'm bored. I don't like this. But I thank them for it now. Uh, and at 11, they gave me a guitar and I just fell in love. You know, it was like my whole existence changed the moment that I opened that guitar and was like, okay, yeah, this is my life now. And there's no turning back. And I just got obsessed. And they never saw you again. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> Basically. I I did not have a, an adolescence. My my guitar was the only witness of that. Um, and yeah, just got obsessed with the idea of, of going to school in the States and learning music. And then after I did school I came out to LA and just continued trying to make stuff and trying to get better at making stuff that's awesome well we're glad to have you thank you and to hear about your background you know like you were talking about the growing up and and here we've touched a little bit on the podcast how sometimes people are discouraged to explore all artistic parts of themselves yeah whether it is growing up or already when you're an artist Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people are told to just excel at one thing. So mm-hmm. I guess, have you experienced that? How did you 
get out of listening to those voices? And do you consider yourself a versatile artist? Well, actually, I think the the most important thing that I've I feel like I continue to lean into constantly is being that versatility is the most important thing in the music industry nowadays. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, it's that's the name of the game, you know, and and when you have a world that is completely flooded by an endless fountain of people that have the means and the tools and also the talent to do it, I think the most important thing is to be able to kind of like find all of the very different things that you can be useful that those people aren't useful at doing, you know, and then just Mm -hmm. kind of like feeling like filling the blanks and kind of like being as best rounded as possible in several different worlds to be able to kind of like um, be a part of the music. I mean, industry is different than artistry, I feel like very much so. But I feel like versatility is one of the midpoints that truly is is it's just huge i i think it's incredibly important you know i think it's everyone should be aware of like the many things that they're good at and then channeling those things i think regarding to what you were saying before too in terms of like being discouraged i think it's like very easy to continue to be discouraged as in the kind of like work environment that we're all in and I think it's just the fact of like kind of like wrestling through the pain and and just kind of accepting that things are difficult but I think that the difficulty of those things is what brings beauty into what we do you know and and just being awful and getting better at something is great so I feel like to me, again, versatility is just the most important thing. So it's really fun that we are actually talking about that. Yeah. And I mean, for context, for the listeners, you, we discussed before, you play guitar. You mm-hmm. are a composer, arranger, musical director, TikTok enthusiast. What am I missing? <laughs> I, I like the TikTok <laughs> enthusiast title for sure. When you have so many things going on, how how does your brain work? Like, how are you, how are you able to work in so many different spaces and thrive? It's all a mess in there. And (laughs) I appreciate it. I, I certainly don't feel like there's any thriving going on, but, uh, (laughs) but it's just, I think it's just the acceptance of like knowing that I'm who I am and I do what I do in the moments, the way that I do, you know, Mm. I feel like there's, there's just a true understanding that I cannot be better in the next 15 minutes. So I might as well get one thing done and move, move ahead. But I think it's just, it's all a mess in there, you know, it's, and it's like all between like animal facts and music theory (laughs) and, like very amateur animation <laughs> and and just synths and guitars and 
now songwriting it's all a mess in there but it, i love it i feel like i feel like it all like all the things feed each other you know and yeah. and i think there's that's that's why i i think it's so huge for for artists to capitalize on doing everything themselves and i think there's just such a good imprint if you're if you're doing a lot of it i don't think that i i don't do everything myself and i am also like a big advocate in like including different people that will make it better so like for example i'll always have very present in 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 my mind and in like it in the table like it's just the 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 whole table of the enterprise like my mixing engineer my manager my like the songwriters that i collaborate the artists that i collaborate with so but i still do think as much as you can know how to do yourself like it's it's just going to put a, a a signature in it you know and 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 it's going to be undeniable and i feel like that undeniability is what allows for standing out in in a day and age like today where where there's so many people doing it and so many people doing it well and everyone kind of going viral and everyone chasing the dragon in that way first you mentioned a couple things in there yeah i want to know what is your signature you mentioned signature <laughs> oh lord uh all between potatoes and animal no 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 i'm kidding i don't know i feel like I feel like it's it's what what I, how I would answer that question is I think it's it's difficult to answer because it's kind of like asking like what's a soul you know like yeah. you can't really I I wouldn't I wouldn't truly know but I just know that all of the mistakes that I make and all of the mi- mistakes in the process of recording or all of the mistakes in the process of songwriting of production of seeing the whole thing through is kind of what makes it mine you know yeah. so i think that's the signature you know the signature is kind of like seeing something that someone does and being like he did that you know for sure or she did that for sure you know it's like so that's that's what i think is the signature i don't think it necessarily needs to be genre based or even art based like it can be if someone sees an animation or if someone sees a, a a piece of art or if someone sees a pair of pants and they're like that kind of has a vibe that he has <laughs> did he do that you know so i feel like that's that that could be the signature i guess uh i love that you also kind of mentioned the mistakes in there sometimes people you know oh. These are all my best qualities for this. So that's my signature. But I think it's very humble to say my mistakes are part of my signature too. Because it's at the end, all a learning process, you know, no matter what art you're doing. I mean, I think that's that's the whole, it's all mistakes, you know, it's all, I, I see like the works I, I do as just uh, a pile of mistakes on top of each other that kind of make make it what it is you know and it comes from a place of like understanding that 
it's not it's not mine too. Even if there's a signature to it, or even if I'm trying to be as honest with myself as it is, like the moment that it escapes my hands and it goes out into the ether, it's not mine. So I feel like just recognizing the fact that it just kind of it's it's random. You know, it's all randomized. It's all just kind of like throwing the the metaphysical ball into the universe and then seeing what the universe throws back, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm a pretty firm believer, and it sounds like you are too, that, like, things happen for a reason. Like, we do learn things in time. And, you know, sometimes that comes from mistakes. Sometimes that comes from other things. I, I kind of don't think that way. Okay. I think things just happen. I used to think that way, but I had a pretty bad accident back in uh, 2019 where I like tore three tendons of my left hand and I kind of had to relearn how to play guitar. And, and I was producing with one hand for a long time. And I played the thing in my head of like the what if so many times or like, the why me or like this happened for a reason Mm. it just happened you know it happened and like with with kind of like heavy things like that you can't think that it happens for a reason because then it kind of like puts in a pressure of like Mm. this happened so this needed to happen but I think they just do you know it's like a domino falls and falls on top of the other and it just creates a chain reaction of things. And 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 sure, you could say and end up explaining like, well, yeah, it all happened. Like, if that wouldn't have happened, all of this wouldn't have happened. But I feel like that's life itself, you know, like where we're all kind of like beings that are in this like giant space rock that is going really fast through space and yeah like there there is a spiritual part of it and there is like there is a a greater part of it than just saying that it it just is because it is but i i also think that i i i try to not be too precious with how it comes out and how it evolves and what it is and it's just kind of like what it is right now you know and I would hope that it's just hopefully gets better and if it doesn't then trying to figure out how to get it better for sure I would love to ask you a little bit about um that injury if you're okay talking about it yeah of course um what was I guess what was that experience like not obviously physically it took a huge toll on you but yeah mentally like did it change the way that you viewed art the way that you created art and how yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think it changed me as a person for a mm. long time. I think it's continuing to change me as a person for a long time. I still struggle with it. I still struggle with a lot of pain, but luckily I've been doing some of the work to to get that better. Um I think Obviously, like, if I wouldn't have diversified before going into it, it would have been a way harder thing to endure. But, I mean, for the, long, for the longest part of my career, what I was doing the most was playing guitar. So I feel like I kind of had chops and, and probably guitar was what I was technically probably most proficient. But... 
a few years before that, I've been kind of trying to transition into production, you know? Mm. And if it wasn't for the fact that I tried to jump into production in the way that I did, it wouldn't have been as easy as it was. It was hard. It was tough as nails. It was terrible. It was difficult. But there was no ambivalence after of like, oh, like before it always used to be, should I play? Like, like maybe I should go out and tour because maybe that's kind of what it feels like to be a successful musician. That's what I should do. And then after this is just undeniable. I just want to stay in this fiery room and 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 make stuff with people that I really make fire music. <laughs> yeah. Just make 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 stuff with people that I appreciate, you know, and 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 that's that I mean I almost like it more than playing now, you know, cuz it's 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 like playing everything. You know, it's like you're when you're programming strings, there's some playability to it or like learning how to play bass and getting better at synthesis as I'm as I'm getting into it. Ariza, with with all of that talk of, you know, you didn't believe it happened for a reason, but it sounded like Mm -hmm. in in some way that you thought continuing to just play guitar was kind of limiting in the options career wise. And somehow you found, you know, exactly what you want to do in four walls or how many walls Mm -hmm. your room has. And it's going well. I guess I wonder did music play a part in helping you heal? Did it push through for you to want to continue to heal? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I th- I think, like, for, for me, I and, and again, that's kind of why I opened with, like, yeah, I, like, music is life, and <laughs> I am music, and that's not good, because I should <laughs> take care of myself a little better than that. But, um... I mean, in the in the time that I was like on with a like a sling like that was like my whole arm for about two and a half months, what I did was that's kind of when I started like doing more videos because I was like, okay, I'm going to go insane if I don't do anything. So I'm literally just gonna I started just covering songs that I liked at the time and I would like hold the mic because I didn't have a setup. I was back in Colombia because I had to get surgery there. So I was healing. My my fiance was touring at the time and I was kind of staying with my parents uh, and they were like incredible at helping me get through it. But at the same time, like I didn't have a setup. I just had like a tiny interface, a computer, a little synth and and a, and a mic. And what I would do is I would just like every week, I was like, okay, what song am I going to do? And then I would just like do an Avril Lavigne song and like just <laughs> pro like program it like one handed. And like every time I would do something, I would just see how much more I could do. Like if I even could play piano with, with the sling, I would try to play like if it was one note, I would just do it. I would be like, okay, how much can I do this time? And like, after literally like not being able to, like I was immobilized for two and a half months so that I'll do something, you know, to, to everything. And I feel like it's still not back at all, but 
I mean, music was what kind of like got me through it. And obviously like my, my fiance supporting me and my parents supporting me. And I just had, I just had it in my head that I needed to come back to LA and I needed to continue doing the thing that I wouldn't, I wouldn't let any other option happen. Mm. So it was a thing where it's like, in the meantime, I was releasing music still because I had a lot of music that wasn't released at the time that was going to get released. So during the time that I was home, music got released. I wrote some music and then I ended up coming back around like November of 2019. And then 2020 happened, mm-hmm. you know, and I kind of I kind of got my share of 2020 back in 2019. <laughs> so for me, like being back in my space in 2020, it was kind of crazy, but I was I was more hand able and I was more work able. So I still kind of like music was just a companion to get through it. And then it was just a a little bit of everything because I love video editing. I love animation. I'm starting to get more into graphic design. I, I just love like anything that makes me think differently, you know. So that's kind of what's up. difference between those two for you and how do you approach each respectively right that's a great question I feel like I would need to fragment the question a little bit because all in all I think my thought process is the same with everything but every single person is different I like I have all these bands like I have this band with me at hope called the natural synthetic I have one with uh, one of my uh, great friends, also amazing writer, Cole. We have a band called DRWS with Emily C. Browning. I have Why the Face. Uh, even with my fiance, I have one called Koi Panda. With with I and I also do like 
uh, dual releases with some people like Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear. And uh, again, there's it's just constant stream of of humans that I that I love. But I I think between that and my own shit, it's just all the same. You know, it's like I think uh, it's it's a lot of um, making sure that um, I'm there for them, you know, and that I'm doing the best that I can so that they can feel heard and that they're that, that we're both collaborating in the best way possible. And I feel like with myself, it's just kind of the same, but I'm like looking at my, my own ego and checking it as I'm going. Whereas when it's like me and other people, then I just adjust myself to them. You know, that's hmm. may, maybe the only main difference with it. That is like, there's someone there, you know, like with the other stuff, it's like with my stuff, it's just, I try to be less precious, you know? I feel like uh, there's there's a very recent project that I kind of like did for th- about three songs that came each in like two hours and I like wrote and produced them in two hours and it was just like, but they just kind of came out and with that it's probably been the the like most, it's very broken down stuff. So it's like me... I don't know how it's going to come out or how I'm going to put it out, but that's been different in the sense of like, I really don't put any thought to it, but it's just me just kind of like vomiting into a DAW (laughs) and then having it exist two hours after and it feeling it having a vibe, you know, but the other stuff is more like comprehensive time-wise and energy-wise. I do wonder, though, from when you first started working and collaborating with people to now, are there like Mm -hmm. some meaningful things, some highlights that you've learned? I wish I wish I wouldn't have been so annoying, like (laughs) uh, like three, four, five years ago. Like I I was so precious about stuff in school, especially like I was so (laughs) precious about stuff and like I wish I would have known a little better. You know, mm-hmm. but but again, like I, I couldn't have. And if I wasn't so annoying, then I wouldn't kind of be feeling the way I'm feeling now. But all in all, like to, to me, it's just, I just want to feel the way that I'm feeling now in 10 years and in 20 and in 30. And, and I want to preserve that where it's like anyone that comes through the threshold of my house I want them to feel heard and I want them to feel like it's theirs as much as it's mine. And I want to make sure that we're all just doing it for fun. You know, yeah. we're, we're all doing it because we love doing it and we're all doing it not to get a cut or not to yeah. get a hit or whatever the frick that means. Cause <laughs> that means nothing except for, Everyone just being excited. Like, I'll start a session by, like, I do a lot of cold sessions. So, and and a lot of them on Zoom too. And a lot of, like, one of the first questions after, like, uh, a little bit of natural talking, it'll be, like, what's been blowing your mind that you've been listening to, you know? And that helps me kind of, like, 
have a thermometer for them, you know? And then mm. when they play me shit, I'll play them shit too. And then I'll see mm. if they fuck with it. Like, if they like it, then then I'll be like, great, what about this? And then they'll play me more stuff and I'll be like, ah, oh, what about this? And then we'll just be hype on music. Because we're not, like, we're not making jars of jam. Like, we're, we're, we're making air. Like, we're making shit that makes, like, your, like, your ear hairs wiggle and then make you feel <laughs> things. So it's really abstract. Anything goes, but it should feel natural. did want to ask you about TikTok as well, because oh I Lord. am one of those people <laughs> that, you know, when it was first a thing, however mm-hmm. long ago, like in before the pandemic, I was like, oh, this app for the kids, like it's mm-hmm. just Vine. Like, I don't get it. I don't get right, right, why right. is everyone so entertained by it? Yeah. Um, March 2020 rolls around and I spend <laughs> hours a day on TikTok to this day. So... Can you tell us how it's kind of changed the game for collaboration? I'm assuming mm. you connected with like Abigail Barlow through TikTok. Tell us about that process. It's actually funny. I didn't. You didn't? No, wow. I did not. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. Abs. I met Abs at a session. Wow. Yeah. What a She's small so world. Great. She's so great. <laughs> Shout out. She's the greatest. Um, I, I have a love hate relationship with TikTok, but, but I love it. I think, uh, beyond collab, I mean, I actually, the one person that, that found me there that I'm collaborating the most with right now is Layla Hathaway. Miss Layla Hathaway. It is all worth it. You know, like Miss Layla, she found me and she's the sweetest human in the world. And and we were like eight songs deep in something that I don't know what it'll be, but maybe it's an album. Wow. I don't know. (laughs) But she's great. She's the greatest. I just saw like she started liking my stuff and I was like, that's that can't be her. (laughs) That's nuts. (laughs) And then I yeah, I'm like, this is just a parallel universe. And then she found my actual music and then she wrote me and then I was like, we should do something. And she was like, yes. And then it's been lots of sessions and great times. One of the most incredible humans ever. 
like so sweet and i was so scared because i was like oh my god she's a freaking legend and i'm terrified and then the first time that we worked together it just felt like we've known each other for years we've bonded so much and she's just such an incredible person but that's someone who if i wasn't putting out those dumb those dumb videos then that wouldn't have happened so it's it's all worth it i i have a hate relationship in the sense of like with it where i just struggle with the fact that the serious stuff doesn't do as well unless you have a really good edge with it and i haven't found that edge but everyone loves the cat videos so (laughs) i'm capitalizing on that shit no 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 it's fine it's fine it's like i i there's a really bitter part inside of me that is like why just the stupid cat videos but i also understand it you know there's something really the way i started doing it was because I got a new camera back in the beginning of 20 back back in the beginning of 2020 I was like I want to make shit I want to make stupid videos and then it just kind of like spun out of control and now I just have this it's a hobby I never had a hobby I say it that way because like I'm like <laughs> it's a hobby I I never had a hobby before music, it was just work, 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 work. But this is kind of like a thing that it kind of dances in between where it's like, I do it for fun. You know, I do it to to extend a little bit and I do it to discover a little bit of myself. It's always an experiment. You know, I, th- I think it's a machine and and you can either see it as like, those damn kids or you can be like the music (laughs) industry is broken or music is dead and i'm like y'all everything kind of has been that way it's it's it is designed for you to get hooked and it is designed for you to have a dopamine deficiency and it is designed by a bunch of like bug-eyed skinny dudes from <laughs> Silicon Valley that know nothing about <laughs> life itself, which is horrifying. Uh, but in music and in the music industry, it's it's an integral part of what we do. So I try to, as much as I can, detach myself and just try to put good shit out there that makes people happy and... That that makes me happy. Like, that makes me sit down for a second and be like, what am I doing with my life? I've been scoring this cat for the past 35 minutes. Maybe I should move on, but it's actually so ridiculous that I'm kind of having fun. Yeah, I mean, you talk about all these collaborations and kind of the dancing that you do with mm-hmm. your collaborators and even TikTok, and I bet that has contributed to your versatility. I love it. I mean, again, versatility is... 10 out of 10. Recommended all the way. <laughs> the most important thing. Well, Ariza, something like, you know, TikTok mm-hmm. came and did a little shake up on the music industry mm-hmm. that needed some. I guess for you personally, someone in it, like you said, artistry is different mm-hmm. than the industry. What is something that you would want to see more in the music industry and why? 
That's such a hard question. And it's a great question. I think, I don't know. I Here's the thing. I feel like the music industry, it's just this monster. And it's so separate from, from the music itself. And what I just hope is that more people get rewarded the, the way they should. So writers should 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 be getting uh, compensated the way that they should. I think there should be more people. There there should be a lot more di- diversification in terms of women being spearheading roles that I feel like the industry hasn't allowed to have more proliferation in. I think there there's many things and and I think all of that will come with people changing and it's almost a thing where it's like mm-hmm. the industry is now uh, a free for all you know the industry is I mean with someone something like TikTok I feel like the industry has now a lottery you know essentially where if you do the right song at the right time in the right way, that could be your number one. And you see all these like new labels trying to like get all these algorithms to try to find who's going to be next, who they can sign. Or you see labels signing a song instead of signing an artist. So I feel like the industry hopefully becomes the artist's industry and not the music industry Mm. itself. I feel like there's always going to be an industry behind it because there's always going to be massive artists that are making actual money. And there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like there can still be Starbucks and there can still be the mom and pop coffee shop in the corner. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like as long as there can be an awareness that songwriters should get paid in the way that they should get paid. Uh, there there should be a little bit more sharing of the master in, in terms of like having more people yeah. included in owning the master, I think. But I feel like there's steps that are being taken. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's ever going to be perfect because it's it's not an industry that takes care of the musician, but it takes care of the money. And that's that's an industry, you know? But hopefully what happens in, in this day and age is that with 40,000 songs coming out every single day and with so many people being able to make music, again, it's just the acknowledgement of like, if you want to be an artist for the sake of being an artist or if you want to be an artist for the sake of making money, you 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 need to know that industry is completely separate from artistry and they can intersect sometimes and there's labels doing good work and there's great artists that are backed and like I want to be Switzerland right now because I don't want to like just talk shit because I think <laughs> there's always good people doing good shit and there's always good artists doing good shit. There's always bad people doing bad shit. But what I would like to see and what I what I try to implement in my thinking and what I would like to do if I had a bigger, bigger platform 
would be to 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 be a little bit more creative with the way that I that I help people experience what I do, you know? So if that means printing 10 vinyls a year and doing only uh like a 10 sale on the 10 vinyls for that year and making it a collectible and making it a gorgeous work of art and putting in some personal shit that makes the people feel more connected or that make them more interested that's cool i feel like that that makes sense you know or if you if you like making tiktoks about how whales tongues are heavier than elephants then that's cool you know that's great i love that fun fact that you just threw in there <laughs> i was i was prepping sessions today and kind of getting a list of fun facts i love random facts um, to go back a little bit of what you were saying before, I think um, I think I totally agree with you. I think there's so many things in this industry that are obviously a problem and that need yeah. to be fixed. But I think mm-hmm. it's just going to take time um, and honestly just continuing to have these conversations, too, and making sure that everybody is aware and that, you know, we don't let the big people in this industry that are yeah. perhaps taking advantage of artists or whatever, make sure they don't For sure. forget what they're doing and make them aware of what they're doing and, you know, keep calling attention to it. Cause I think that's the only way that we can break down those barriers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also think too, to, to, to add to that, I think it's by doing shit, yeah. you know? So if I can get up, fee for one of my writers I'll fight for that and if I can get a percentage of the master to one of my writers I'll try to do that you know I feel like change comes from people just actually doing it you know and 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 taking steps towards I've just seen so like my fiance has helped me to acknowledge the the how 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 much I truly didn't and still don't understand what it's like being a woman in 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 this industry and I feel like the only thing that I that I want to do is being able to give us much space in a session for every single person independent of who they are and what they are that they feel like they they're valuable in what they have to say because everyone, everyone is, you know, and I feel like a lot of what I've seen in terms of like some of my truly loved collaborators is that I feel like they never felt like there was room Mm. to say shit. So I'm always going to be openly communicative to making sure that they also know that they're great producers because they are, you know, and and because if they would have had the same comfortability that I had as a dude alongside 30 other dudes in a class and as I had not needing to check myself or doubt myself because I might come across in a certain way or not, shit, I just want, I, I just hope that I can make them feel cool. I I would love to see more of that. And I I would love to see 
to to just never hopefully get in the way. You know, I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I'm so great because I'm doing that. It's not about <laughs> me. I don't want it to be about me. It should be about them and it should be how yeah. I can help people feel comfortable in the room, independent of who they are and what they are. And 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 I, I hope and wish that in any room that I come in that I would feel that way. And I hope that anyone that comes into my circle feels that way too. Well, very important. And I hope other producers that are hearing this can also follow in your footsteps and give, you know, room to the artists that they're working with. I think that's very important. And uh, one of the things that some of the artists that have come on our podcast, which they say they would want from the music industry with the producers they work with too. Yeah. Before wrapping up the podcast, we also want to ask you, what are the things that you're working on? What's what's next that we should expect from you? And what are the socials where people can find these projects? Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm I was releasing one song a week since October uh, in various different. Um, I mean, it's all on Spotify. Um And I've had songs come out with the amazing Abigail Barlow, Emily Bear. I have a song coming out with Molly Kate Kessner. I think it's going to be July 9th. Um, I have more stuff coming with Cole for the DRWS project. I have, um, we're working on the stuff with Layla. Writing so much music, making yeah. so much music. Uh, recently, kind of, it's been a few months, but I've, I got signed to Hypnosis, a publisher that I love, my family. They're the, the, the greatest and best. And so I'm making a lot of stuff with the stuff that they're bringing in. And uh, I guess everything can be found. I have a Spotify playlist called Ariza Discography that can be found inside of my like Spotify profile, if you go to like uh, playlists by um, by the artist, it's in there. I have one called Selects, which is all the music that I love to listen to. But the discography, I constantly, anything that I'm like a part of will go in there. So in terms of like the music stuff, all that goes in there. For um, the silly stuff, Uh, I'm constantly putting stuff out on on Instagram as at Music Ariza, same on TikTok, and yeah, the, there's there's always stuff coming. So um, I feel like that's that's all the places. Yeah, I think that's all the places for now. <laughs> 
Well, I'm definitely excited to hear more and more from you. You sound quite busy (laughs) with all that stuff on the docket. Before we do leave today, um, we like to end our episodes with a game. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So um, this particular game, um, we're calling it overrated or underrated. And we're going to give you, we're just going to say something and you tell us whether you think it's overrated or underrated. Oh, wow. Is it like fastball? Like, can I, can I, can I elaborate a little bit? Yeah, you can elaborate a little bit. It's scary. I don't want to be like (laughs) overrated. Boom. (laughs) Unimportant. Yeah. (laughs) It's all subjective, like music. All right. You ready? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this first one is country music. Impossible. Underrated, I guess. I, I mean, I have a true love for Casey Musgraves. Mm, me too. And, and, and Brad Paisley, and I love Keith Urban. And there's, I, I think it's not under or over. I don't Justly know. rated? It's That's okay. Impos- <laughs> impossible. It's rated. Period. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number two is Rainy Days. I underrated. But I feel like people, I feel like people dig rainy days. I think being in in LA, it's like they're, they're underrated hmm. in the sense that I would like to see more. I don't know if that's how it works, <laughs> but yeah, I'll stick with that. Okay. The next one is road trips. Overrated. <laughs> I agree. We both totally agree on that agree with you. <laughs> Yeah, great. Like you're great. just stuck in a car like yeah. for nope. hours. <laughs> nope. Like what if you don't like who you're with? It sounds it's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have good company, great. I also feel like I need to trip more because I don't take time off and I will actually take time off in July and Do August. <laughs> I'm going to Sweden, so and Mexico and that's going to be great. Uh but yeah. I'm going to go with next Broadway. Underrated. I agree. Incredible music, incredible people performing incredibly. But people like Broadway too. Arisa, again, not everyone. Is there like a middle ground? Can I say like, is there a, is there a. I guess. um, Under or overrated. Normally rated? I don't know. Rated? Rated. Rated. Yeah, let's say rated. I think every answer of mine is going to be rated. Um, okay, last one. This next one is beer. Rated. <laughs> You've seen it all here, ladies and gentlemen. You've Life seen is it going all. great. I, beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. If you like IPAs, that's great. If you don't, that's fabulous. If you like <laughs> Japanese beer, there's one called Orion from Osaka. Mm. Shout out to them yes. Shout for making out. great you beer. You sponsor us if you're listening. <laughs> Arisa, thank you so much <laughs> for course. playing this game with us, for chatting Absolutely. with us this past hour. We so have had fun. so much fun, and we're just so grateful to you to um, for you know, be willing to have this conversation with us about versatility. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And to everyone, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this season of Music and Things and for joining with our last guest of the season, Ariza. 
For more info on music and things, please follow us on socials. And if you have anything that you want to chat about, please email us at musicandthingspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.